Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thomas de Caballeros. And welcome back to another edition of Leader Radio. I'm your host, Dave Duenas. I hope everybody's doing great today. Um, I got my new co-host here, Mystic Jack, joining me here on Leaving the Ring. We're going to talk some boxing. Obviously, we're going to talk about Usyk and AJ. We're going to talk about Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, upcoming fight. We're also going to talk about Canelo versus Plant, the press conference, the push, the, the five-finger discount. And everything else that goes behind it. Jesus M. Que paso? How you doing, brother? Uh, don't forget, guys, to hit that like button and hit that notification bell so you know when we go on live. Uh, let me introduce uh, Zach here, uh, who's joining me. Very first time me and him are doing a live podcast together. Zach, how you been, brother? How, how's everything going with you? I'm doing great. I'm uh, excited to be on, especially after such a big boxing weekend. I know. Great boxing weekend, you know. Um, what last couple of weeks hasn't been really anything uh, exciting, so I was really looking forward to the Usyk and AJ fight. I felt like everything was under the radar there, you know, here in the states, man. I don't know how you felt about it. I didn't think there was enough hype about it, and it always seems like the fights that don't get that much hype end up standing up to, you know, uh, reaching the bar of level that we were hoping for, but it lacks the audience of uh, of the people here in the United States to really kind of view a chess, a very high-level chess match in boxing. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. You know, definitely not as much hype here in the States, but a lot of hype in England. A lot of hype. 70,000 people showed up there in the UK to witness two heavyweights go at it uh, for pretty much all the bouts. Obviously, it can't be undisputed because you have Wilder and Fury. They were going to be facing each other down a pay-per-view event this Saturday. Okay, but you know what? Before we get ahead of ourselves, um, let's talk about, let's break it down. Let's talk a little bit about Usyk, and uh, I'll just say what's up to the guys that are in the chat room. Uh, Joe Lopez, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. I've been really good, bro. Just been taking a long break, uh, but now I'm back here with my boy, Zach. Um, But let's get down to that breakdown really quick. I'm going to tell you the things I liked about what I saw with Usyk, and, and we talked about this off the air, uh, we, what, we thought, what we thought was going to happen and we thought may not happen. Obviously, a lot of us believed that AJ's size and strength would probably take over in those later rounds, you know, and I know one of my big concerns with Usyk was the fact that he was a slow starter as a heavyweight. When he got in with Cesora, he didn't look, uh, he didn't look like he was that anxious to mix it up with the bigger men at the time, you know. Uh, he was like taking his time. I also thought, though, because of, his t- of him taking that time, I thought it had a little bit to do because he had some injury. Remember the bicep? He had tore it. He had a way to heal. It actually prolonged his pro debut in the heavyweight division. 
But none of that, none of that was a case. Uh, right immediately with that first bell rang when he stepped in there with AJ. He immediately started off the pace very quick, which I think in the second round, I might be mistaken, but in that second round to me, Zach, the AJ seemed a bit puzzled about how fast and how quick uh, Usyk was willing to mix it up with him. Yeah, I agree. The pace was a big, big problem for AJ early on. I don't think anyone expected Usyk to push him like that. The taunts, the feints, his movement in general was just a couple levels higher than I think anyone that AJ has gone against. So Usyk's definitely a very challenging opponent, especially for a guy like AJ, who really should not be in the center trying to box with that guy. It's a tough, tough night if you're going to try to do that. And my buddy Philly Irish uh, Drew, who also does a podcast at Shoeshine, he did uh, call it. He said on his show and he said on Twitter, anywhere in social media, he was picking Usyk. He had believed in him. He thought, hey, I think he's got the goods. And it was a good call for him, man. A great call for you. I wish I would have came on. I wish we would have done a show live. Um, you know, obviously things kept us back from doing our very first show. It was supposed to be last week. But here we are. But going back to what Usyk did, you know what? The pace, the movement, it's going to trouble any one of the heavyweights right now in the top five. You know, Usyk going out there, obviously this is a big confidence booster for him. Well, I'm, you know, and what I mean by that, because you have to believe in yourself when you step in there for a world title fighting the the, the legitimate heavyweight champion, which still you got to look at uh, Tyson Fury. But overall, who has the bouts? It's AJ. AJ regained him back after Ruiz. You know, uh, uh, you know uh, he had answered... I guess a few questions, you know, because the the thing about the fight game is there's always going to be the naysayer in the sport, right? There's always going to be a guy going like, yeah, but Usyk beat the, the lesser of the three heavyweights out there right now. The guy that really still had a lot of questions leaning around him, right? And, and I still sit back and go, yeah, that's true. You know, that's absolutely true. There were things about AJ that still hadn't been answered. He still hadn't got in there with Tyson Fury, with uh, Deontay Wilder. But Usyk, to me, was a bar that, that should have been praised because the fact is, is that Usyk, in my opinion, was still kind of the unknown. We didn't really know too much about Usyk as a heavyweight, as a true heavyweight. And if you watched uh, Usyk's buildup to, heavyweight, uh, to the heavyweight rankings... It seemed like he was always building his weight. You know, he came in, I believe his first fight was like at 214. Then it went to 217. Now it's 220. And if we go back into the 80s, in the 70s and 80s, uh, 220 was actually considered a pretty big heavyweight right there, Zach. Yeah, and, and then we had the big juggernaut guys and Fury, Joshua, and Wilder dominating the division. So I think people forgot how good a little man can be in the heavyweight division. And, uh, Absolutely. you know, I disagree people diminishing Joshua's skills and ability. I think he has one of the absolute best heavyweight resumes out there. Beating Dillian White, Joseph Parker, Andy Ruiz Jr., Vladimir Klitschko. I mean, he's got some really solid wins. You know what? I really like to see AJ go back to the drawing board. And this was what my big complaint about AJ, to tell you the truth, you know. Uh, two things. No, actually, there was three things about AJ's style in this fight against Usyk. Obviously, um, I think that they went in with the wrong game plan. I didn't think, I think they thought that they were going to get the Usyk that they saw with Shizora, which was a slow starter for four to five rounds. But what's troublesome for me is that AJ still tends to bend those knees. If you watch that fight, he's always 
always, even when he, uh, a pull-up, when he fought pull-up, he's always bending the knees. And he did it with Andy Ruiz, um, where he bent the knees, and it didn't allow him to pull back to, to counterpunch, to get away from the counterpunching of Usyk, right? It kind of made him a little bit more flat-footed. Now, there's two reasons why they, he was probably doing it. He was looking for the big right hand to land. He felt being more flat-footed could come off more power. But in return, you see the outcome sometimes if you can't land that big right. That's the first thing that I noticed. I was like, his knees are too bent. He can't get away from any of the shots being thrown back at him. The other one is, I saw Jesus mentioned here in the chat room, and um, is the jab. Uh, I don't think he threw enough, uh, threw enough jabs in my opinion, Zach. I thought that he lacked the jab. I thought that he lacked it so he couldn't find his range with the jab. It was almost like he was just throwing the jab out to, to see to see if he can touch Usyk rather than trying to, trying to create something there with the jab. I wanted to see a, a long, stiff rod going into the chest of, of Usyk to push him back, get him off balance. That's the second thing I didn't see. The third thing was I didn't really see him utilize that size. You know, I, I almost saw him trying to do what a lot of uh, big guys try to do with a smaller boxer, which is try to outbox him. That to me is always like, it always reads that you guys didn't do your study on Usyk, right? Uh, that you guys relied on those four rounds of him being slow, the four rounds of you thinking that he was going to be there to be hit, and those four rounds obviously cost the whole game plan. So uh, those are four things, and three things, I'm sorry, in my opinion, Zach, is the reason why I think he still can make a comeback, that he shouldn't be written off. I think fans are really writing him off saying that this guy shouldn't get another title shot, or he, shouldn't, he doesn't even deserve a rematch, which they have on the clause against Usyk. But those three things I just mentioned, if he doesn't correct them, in all honesty, what's the point of seeing him and Usyk and AJ go at it again? Yeah, I agree with you, but I think Usyk's pace and movement just threw him for a loop. He wasn't able to fully commit to his punches, which made him come short with the right hand a lot and made it so he was, you know, just touching with the jab and not really throwing it all the way. And I think in the rematch, he made some good, some good adjustments, in my opinion, when he started throwing the body uppercut. Right. I thought that was really nice, but I think that's something he should have been going to in the first round, right? Leaning on him, using his size like we've seen Tyson Fury do a lot. And I think just going to the body early, using his size more would have to be the strategy in the rematch. Let me ask you this. The, the chin of AJ obviously got touched, uh, I think, one or two times I thought he got rocked. Not like really rocked where he was on Queer Street or anything like that, but more or less where he was, uh, uh, you know, there were blind shots. He didn't see him. It got him off balance. Is, is there should be any concern about that, man? Do you think that that's something that him and his team need to go back? And also, speaking about his team, do you think there's too many Chiefs in this team? You think Does he, does he need to thin out the herd in that? Uh, yeah. I don't, you know, I really wasn't impressed with any of the corner advice he got in that fight. They weren't really giving him too many technical advice. They're telling him he was doing a great job, and he was down on the scorecards for, like, the entire fight, so... I didn't really understand that. And as far as the chin goes, to me, it's not the same aggressive AJ, not the same confident AJ as we saw in the Vladimir Klitschko fight, where he seemed very confident in his chin, very willing to go into the fire, and took some gigantic shots from one of the hardest hitters in the history of boxing. And Usyk's not a power puncher. I know, I know he wears on you, but even early on, he was stinging AJ pretty bad. So, yeah, it's pretty concerning. I don't know if it stems from the Ruiz fight, but then we saw him you know, beat Ruiz in the rematch and then beat Pulev. So, pretty concerning to me. 
the one thing I was really surprised, I don't know how surprised you were, I was like, okay, Usyk came out fast. Usyk was using these legs, these angles, the movement, um, throwing out punches, keeping himself busy, uh, keeping AJ guessing. It was almost he was uh, mimicking a little bit of uh, Lomachenko, which is obviously it's obvious because they're friends. They're best friends. They've trained together uh, in certain camps. But I didn't think the pace was going to keep up, man. I don't know about you. I did see him kind of tire out, but Usyk is a pro. Usyk has been around for a very long time. Um, he is the unified cruiserweight. Uh, he was able to, to, you know, get some breaks in between. But, man, that was really impressive in the consistency of his footwork and the consistency of him keeping that pace because it, it, it obviously it didn't tire out AJ. He didn't get overzealous. He didn't get too wild. But, but... AJ, in my opinion, I know some folks, you know, like you just mentioned now, the jab of the body, it just wasn't enough to slow down Usyk. And that's what impressed me, that Usyk kept it up without without it really ask, actually even showing any any sign of gassing out. Yeah, every time I thought he was slowing down, he would come out harder the next round. So all credit to him, that pace was crazy, and that's something that's pretty unprecedented in the heavyweight division, especially along with the ability to take a punch. He took some clean right hands, too, so... Very, very impressive. I think Usyk answered every doubt anyone could have had about him. And I think you have to consider him. And I think he cemented himself as a top three pound-for-pound guy. Whether it's three, two, or one, I don't think you can argue against that at all. And like you said about the Lomachenko movement stuff, I agree with that. But also did the opposite of Lomachenko. Didn't wait seven rounds to start going. He was going at him from the very opening bell. Which right. He needed to do. Absolutely. You know what? Still, the answers need to be answered to the other folks that believe either it's Fury or Deontay Wilder. Obviously, you got to put Fury up there. Uh, the way he looked against AJ, the way he dominated against AJ in those 12 rounds, uh, taking the decision in a place that I didn't think he could take a decision on uh, in the UK. So kudos to the UK for getting it right with that decision. But let me ask you, where does it put Usyk? Does he make, does it make him the king of the hill, or does he still have to knock out who we a lot of us believe I believe is still the king of the hill, which is uh, Tyson Fury? Yeah, for sure. I think you're exactly right. He has to beat the winner of Fury Wilder, and uh, this was kind of like a little bit of a round robin. I think this was the semifinal, but then Usyk has to fight Joshua again. So then, if Joshua wins, are they going to do a trilogy? Like, what's going on? It's so annoying with the heavyweight division. Every <laughs> people they fight three times, even if it's so clear. I mean, Fury wins every single round against Wilder except for two, and they have to fight for a third time. It's crazy. And it is. you know, I think another thing that kind of got answered was I think AJ would have a very difficult time with Tyson Fury, especially if he tried to box him in the middle like that. I think Fury might have literally taken him apart with his size, length, taunts, feints, his movement as well. I think a very bad style matchup for AJ, and I think we saw what a real boxer can do in Usyk. And I also think Fury would also be able to take advantage of his size much better than an AJ, you know, leaning I, on him. I completely agree. Like that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, you know. Uh, shout out to Dave for away, my boy from Shoeshine, and G-Funky, my other brother there that does a podcast himself. Thanks for joining in, in with us, guys. I, I agree with you, Zach, because, you know, you know, the thing about AJ is the limitations that he has, the experience, uh, you know, um, that's always been in question. Does he believe in himself? Uh, with all the big smiles and that, I've always felt like he, he, he can absorb the attention, but he can't seem to, like, rise to the occasion to get to where they, a lot of us were hoping he's going to get. I mean, think about this. Feel bad for the guy or not, but this is two times he's been dethroned 
when he's got two big mega fights down the road that are up next. You know, first was, you know, uh, Deontay Wilder was supposed to face Andy Ruiz. We saw what happened there. He got knocked out. He regained the title. He had to get that rematch. He had the clause there. And then he had that matched up already signed and delivered that we thought against Tyson Fury. But then Usyk was there for the WBO. The WBO stand by, they stood by their man. They, they mandated, they forced it, they got it. And guess what? He gets dethroned again by Usyk. You know, where AJ goes, I believe, I don't know about you, because styles make fights. You know, obviously Andy Ruiz is not, is not Alexander Usyk at all, okay? Uh, Ruiz got flaws. He could stay there. He can put, be touched. You know, AJ was able to touch him. Obviously, they fought him in the second fight. Didn't fight him like that. He, rang around the, he ran around the ring. But... Is Usyk a style that you jump in immediately after when he dominated you for practically, what, eight, nine rounds? Is that something that you would advise him if you were sitting next to him across from him? And you've interviewed a lot of fighters, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, Floyd Mayweather, you know, uh, uh, Jake Paul, all these guys. You've interviewed a lot of fighters. Your list goes long. If you're right across from AJ, would you say, hey, that's a good idea. You should get that rematch clause pretty quick. Or would you tell him... Bro, I would wait. I would wait until you know, get another fight somewhere else. What is the big rush? You're still, you know, you're still there. Uh, you're still young. You can make that comeback. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. I would be in no rush. Usyk clearly a very tough style matchup. I don't think it's as easy as an adjustment as the Ruiz fight, as you said. Even though I think Ruiz is still a very high level heavyweight. Yes, you know, very. He's barely, very underrated. For a long time, and I think he's going to continue to prove people wrong, especially you know down the road now that he's getting in better shape as well. But yeah, I would definitely would advise him to go right back in there with him. But he is, he's a true champion. We've seen him rise to the occasion. We saw him in a rematch, you know, overcome adversity. We've seen him get knocked down and come back up stronger. So, you know, I've got a lot of confidence in AJ's ability to adapt and overcome. And it's up to Usyk to kind of mitigate the adjustments that Joshua can make, and that's what makes it so interesting. Yeah, I agree. I know Eddie Hearn and them are going to say, no, we got to get him back in there because of the, you know, money makes fights. Money, you know, promotional companies, they got to keep that will going and stuff, you know. And they probably feel uh, they're going backwards with AJ, especially with all the money invested into AJ. And if you think about the zone, uh, who else is left there to carry the, 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 the face of the zone right now, the brand of the zone? Really anybody, the guy that they had, which was, uh, uh, you know, uh, AJ. Uh, took a step back, two steps back uh, with this defeat here. You know, I personally want to see Usyk get the winner of uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. Whoever wins that fight, we'll get into that fight there in a short bit here. But I want to know how realistic do you think that fight can happen uh, if, if it's in the hands of Eddie Hearn and AJ uh, do they jump into the mix? Do they stop it uh, the way Deontay Wilder's people in PBC jumped in and stopping the AJ and Tyson Fury to go down? Oh, yeah, no doubt in my mind. We're going to see AJ versus Usyk 2 next. 100%. Yeah, same here. I have a big feeling that's the route they're going to take. Um, how much steam is behind it? I don't know. How much steam is going to be behind Usyk uh, of taking the rematch? Um, I think he's, you know, he's a true gentleman of the sport. He's going to obviously go back in there and do what he does best. It's going to be really on the shoulders of uh, of Anthony Joshua, in my opinion, is how long is it? It's going to obviously going to happen until next year, right? And is that enough time? Is that enough significant time to actually correct all, mis all the mistakes that he did in that first fight? 
who knows when the fight and if the fight is announced for the rematch between the two. Yeah, we saw going to second Ruiz fight. A lot of people were picking in Joshua as well and said, you know, he's a real tough style matchup and Joshua doesn't have an out here. And then he showed a level of boxing ability people didn't really know he had. So, And that was a level of boxing. Right. right. And that was a level of boxing ability that I did not like. I don't know about you. If you were impressed with that level of boxing ability he did with Andy Ruiz uh, in the rematch, you know, I mean, it was effective. But it wasn't, uh, I, it wasn't appealing, you know. It didn't, didn't really resemble what a heavyweight should do to take his title back the way Lennox Lewis did against Rockman, right? He went back out there with vengeance, with fire underneath him to take out the guy that dethroned him, right? That knocked him out. AJ didn't show that kind of a heart. He went in there a little bit smarter, a little bit more on the cautious and safety side, and that was not too appealing, does he do that with Usyk? With obviously Usyk, he could because Usyk doesn't carry that power that Andy Ruiz does. But could he win a fight like that by running from Usyk, who obviously has the better footwork? And I just don't see Usyk putting that much pressure, more pressure than he did in the first fight, chasing down an AJ. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't think it's a viable option here. I don't think the answer is to outbox. And, you know, as far as the Ruiz fight, he's a tough, tough guy to mix up with. His hands are so fast, he's so quick on the inside. And before this last Chris Ariola fight, his chin had been granite. I mean, literally granite. So if, if you're a power puncher in AJ, and Ari is obviously a tough matchup on the inside. And yeah, I mean, it's a, the Usyk fight's tough. It's, it's, it's a puzzle piece for anybody, in my opinion. And I think the answer is to use his size and go to the body more earlier. But can he take Usyk's power even? I mean, Usyk was knocking him around the ring a couple of times, so... It's a little bit crazy. I didn't expect that part. I didn't expect that at all either. I didn't expect when Usyk decided to put that pressure on as well. I was very surprised. Uh, you know, if anything, I thought Usyk was going to do a lot of backpedaling where he didn't do a whole lot of backpedaling. I mean, he pivoted a lot. He made those angles, but everything's what, everything was basically in the middle of the ring. Yeah, he brought the fight right to him. And we saw Tyson Fury do that with Wilder the second time when no one expected that, too. So, Absolutely, man. So whatever happens next, obviously we're going to be happy with it. You know, hopefully uh, the rematch is made, uh, you know, early next year, 2022. Um, if not, the big surprise and blow would be that they get the winner of, uh, of Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury Number three, the rubber match. The rubber match that nobody wanted, but we're getting. But I'm still excited about it. I actually really like this fight. Uh, but before we get to that, let's get the overs and unders. Not the overs and unders, but let's get your betting, uh, your bets on where you think the money's secure with in the undercard fights. You know, we got the uh, the uh, Jabba versus Frank uh, Sanchez and Adam and, and uh, Hellenius. What do you got? What's your what's your numbers and your picks on these ones? Yeah, this was interesting because Frank Sanchez opened up as an underdog. Which I talked to my trainer, BJ Flores. I was like, there's no way this is right. He's like, I'm taking that all day. But he didn't put it in. You know, he wanted to wait till fight night. And then he shoots up to minus 205. So a lot of people have confidence in Frank Sanchez here. And if you guys don't know, the more money that's put in the fighter, the better the odds get for the other guy. So, you know, the more confident the public is, you'll see them increase as the favorite. So that's what we saw here. And I agree with the public here. I've got Frank Sanchez. I think he, he could be definitely a future title contender. I mean... If you're a sparring partner of Canelo's, you've got to be pretty damn good, and I think we've seen that on display. And then here, a rematch from Lanius and Adam. 
I'll, I like to say Kawanaki, but that's definitely not right. I mean, there's like a V pronunciation in there somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Helenia shocked the world in the first fight. It's taken a long time to get the second fight. Right. And I, I think I like the odds here for Helenia. It's plus 220 in a fight that he won pretty handily in the last one. It wasn't like a robbery or anything like that. So it's pretty interesting. I never rated Adam as highly as maybe some other people. Like at one point, people thought he was a lot better than Andrew Ruiz, which I never saw personally. So, uh, yeah, I, I like the Lanius odds here, plus 220, especially in the heavyweight division when he's proven that he can hurt Adam. And uh, I like Frank Sanchez I think he's a top-budding prospect. You know, I like Ujaba in this fight. Uh, I know everybody's picking Sanchez. Not a big fan of Sanchez. I think he's got more pillow hands behind those punches. He's a great technician, but I think the aggression that it's lacking with him is going to cost him in this fight with a big, lanky uh, uh, Ujaba f a type of fight here, in my opinion. I think that's going to that's gonna pose some problems there for him. Um, and I think that with Frank's pity-patting sometimes and kind of like delaying what he's going to do next is going to cost him a bit, you know. So I know you're going with Frank. I'm going to go with Ujaba on this fight here. Now, the Adam and Robert fight, you're right about that one. That one's really exciting. I like that fight. I think that fight's really good. Um... I think that fight can go either way, but Hellenius, I think, is where the money should be safe at just because Hellenius has, you know, that ability to turn it up. Where Adam has been in some wars already, you know, so it's kind of starting to show there. So, exciting fight. So, I'm with you about uh, uh, Robert Hellenius on that fight as well. The only one the only one I'm not with is uh, the Frank Sanchez. I, I'm not sold with him yet at all. If he impresses me with this fight here with a guy that's tall, lanky, and can hit, and it's not, and it's going to use uh, something that he doesn't have, which is boxing ability. The boxing side has got to go with Frank. The aggressive side and the desperation side has got to go with uh, Ijaba. That's my opinion there. So now we got to get into Wilder and Deontay. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Deontay Wilder and uh, Tyson Fury. Now. Here was a fight that a lot of us didn't think it was going to happen. Uh, but the Wilder fans stuck with it. You got to give them that. They stuck with it saying this fight's going to happen next. This fight's going to happen next. I was wasn't, never really too opposed about seeing it for the third time um, because I saw that, you know what? Wilder was really promoting this fight. Was it distasteful? Was it tasteful? That's entirely up to you. But you know what? I always think that a fighter needs to do what they got to do if they want to get a rematch or if they want to get in with a guy that they desperately feel that they could beat, who they could think they could beat, who they can beat convincingly. He obviously didn't take the loss very well, right? Um, didn't take it well, but now he's got it. Now he's got to eat what he asked, what's been served to him, which is Tyson Fury. Zach, let me ask you, do we see a repeat? Or do we see a modified Wilder here? Do we see a smarter Wilder going into a rubber match with Tyson Fury, who clearly has made uh, it's made him struggle in the first fight, which they got a draw with, which I thought, I think a lot of fight fans believe Tyson Fury should have edged out with the win, but then Tyson Fury went out there and made sure it didn't leave it in the hands in the ring, but he left it in the ring. Yeah, um, I agree with you about the first fight. I thought Fury won every round except the Fury got knocked out in. Which I think a lot of people did in the second fight he made that adjustment. This third fight, I think Wilder has fully intending to go out there and box smarter and go
go to the body and do these things, but I think it's all going to go out the window when Fury's marching him down. I hate everything he said publicly. I don't think someone with that weak of a mental space is really going to be able to improve as much as others do. Right. But if you really can't fully comp- comprehend exactly why he lost a fight, how are you going to go into the lab and make the adjustments that need need to happen? You know, for, from, that, from the all-time greats, we've seen people be honest about what went wrong, and then the guys who do win the rematches are able to work on what set them back in the first fight. Even then, I don't think Wilder can learn how to box in the back foot in just a few months at 30-something years old. The guy's not a very skilled boxer. I think Fury figured out the puzzle. I think he's figured out, and I think I wouldn't be surprised if Fury, who's now been working with Sugar Hill for an even longer time now, finishes Wilder faster this time. And I actually got to get a look at Fury's training before the Wilder fight got announced, about a week before I was with him in Hollywood, Florida, and he trained like an, a madman. I mean, people say he's not motivated for this fight. He's not training as hard as he should be. The guy trained three hours, literally, before he even had a fight book. So I can only imagine the preparation that's gone into this fight. So I think we're going to see a very motivated Fury. I think he's going to have a similar game plan, but be able to implement it even better with a lot more time spent with Sugar Hill. And I don't think we're going to be able to see much adjustment from Wilder. He's never been the type of guy to make an adjustment. He didn't make an adjustment from the first to the second fight at all. And the first fight, he lost 10 out of 12 rounds, I thought. So... Right. I don't know, that's my opinion. I agree with you. You know, when I uh, when he was down in Las Vegas at uh, Bo, uh, Bone Adams Gym, uh, here you had a guy that didn't know whether he was going to go left or right, but stayed centered. You know, they always it's always been the question of his uh, ment- you know his mental state. You know, is he a guy that's going to stick with it? Because the last time he got the Lanier uh, uh, championship from uh, Klitschko, he fell apart. He couldn't uh, mentally. Uh, uh, you know, um, hold it together. But this is a different Fury. Uh, this is a guy that finally said, submitted to what has been given to him, what he's earned, what he's worked hard for. He's finally submitted to and said, hey, this is the way a true champion um, uh, works. This is the way I have to keep myself uh, in, in the talks and in the in the rankings of the heavyweight division. If I want those big money fights that I'm hoping to get, he's like, what, talking two, three more fights left in his career, and then he can ride into the sunset. Well, he's got to keep it together in order to continue that ride. So I, I agree with you. Going with uh, uh, Deontay Wilder, uh, getting rid of his uh, uh, trainer that got him to the point he was at, he accused his trainer of, uh, you know, being part of the Fury team because he had one time helped out and was out part of the Kronk gym. Um, all of the things that he's, he's, you know, spouted out, right? Well, now he's got an answer to those things. Now he's got an answer to those accusations in this third fight, which to me is a lot to carry on your shoulders, right? It's got a lot to carry on your shoulders. So making the adjustments to not just shut up your critics, but to shut up the accusations that you made, that all can be erased, you know, because if anything, he didn't gain fans, in my opinion. He kept the loyal, delusional fans that he's always had, but he lost some that actually were probably riding with him and then said, whoa, 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 hold on. This is a bit wacko for me. I'm going to jump off the Wilder train. Uh, so let me get your pick here. Let me get your over and under on this upcoming fight on Saturday night. Yeah, I've got Fury knockout in the under. I, I think we're going to see an even better performance than the last fight, which I know is a lot different than most people think. I've seen pretty much every analysis I've seen is that Wilder's going to do better than the last fight. You know, he's a lot more focused, a lot more determined, et cetera, et cetera. 
I don't see it. I, I see a broken man, especially with all his public comments. I, I think Fury's going to come on strong, bully him into submission again, and I think he's going to finish this fight and bloody him up again. Yeah, I could see that as well, man, like going out there. You know, if, if Wilder doesn't go out there, which he's kind of shown in the past, he's got a good jab. He does have a good jab, you know. Um, he knows how to use it. But the one thing that he couldn't use against Tyson Fury was the timing. It's really hard to time a guy like Tyson Fury. And where do you get the sparring uh, partners at, Zach? Who do you get to to mimic what Tyson Fury could do in the ring? You know, I mean, you can get a smaller guy. Yeah, Tyson Fury. There's, there's nobody. Who could you get? Uh, the cousin, Huey. That's about it. <laughs> but not even Huey can mimic Tyson Fury completely, no, right? You know? Yeah, you know, but that's that's my concern with the uh, with Wilder. You know, um, is is a new trainer in his ear? You know, having a yes man in his ear. Did he make the adjustments? Can he make those adjustments? Is his chin still intact? Because he just didn't get knocked out. He took a beating. He got a beat down in that fight. Yeah, he got beat to a bloody pulp. Yeah, he did. It looks like his eardrum cracked. I'm not sure if that was true, but. His equilibrium was all off. I don't know if he's going to be confident in his chin. I mean, we see an AJ who's not as confident in his chin. I don't think he took a beating as bad as that. So, No, no. that that This was pretty severe and pretty bad. So, you know, the question is his body, how his body is going to receive, uh, you know, the pressure of Tyson Fury. Do we see Tyson Fury be merciful and let, allow Wilder to get some rounds in? Or do we see the Tyson Fury that went out in the second round? Which he was all over Wilder. Didn't give Wilder that breathing room. You know, uh, this is an exciting fight. I, because it's a heavyweight, you got to admit that one punch can end, end, end the fight pretty quick. And if anybody has that one punch power, it's Deontay Wilder, right? The only caveat to that is I just don't know if he can find that shot while backing up. I've never seen him maintain his power backing up. And like right. I said earlier, he does have a good jab. He uses the set up the right hand very well. And he has a natural understanding of that, how to set up the long right hand. But he's always had people who are scared to back on because they were scared to get hit. And I think uh, Fury... Throw his right hand. Fury was able to nummify that, take that away from him. You know, um, the other thing, too, that was surprising for Deontay Wilder, that Fury was coming forward. Fury was the aggressor. So... That is the unknown that Wilder's got to go in with this fight. You know, uh, he's got to have two game plans, three game plans against Tyson Fury in this fight. So it's going to be really surprising in how well or how how much education uh, Deontay Wilder has had since being on such a layoff. Both guys are coming in with a large layoff, you know. Uh, so both guys got a lot on the line here. But if my opinion... If any if anybody has more on their shoulders in this fight, you gotta kind of lean it over to Deontay Wilder. What do you think? A hundred percent, Deontay Wilder, especially after the way the last fight went. I mean, even if Fury does get knocked out, you can make the argument it's a lucky knockout. There's no argument if Fury beats Wilder again, so that's where I would go. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. Same here. I got you. I'm with you on that pick. I think Tyson uh, Fury uh, ends it within the seven. Um, I don't see it going past seven or eight rounds uh, because I just don't see adjustments from Deontay Wilder. In my opinion, I think I think we're going to see Wilder do what he normally does, which is fight off emotions, 
not skills. His emotions and power have got him out of situations, but it hasn't got him out of the Tyson Fury situation. And if he goes in there again with the emotion mentality, to me, that just spells destruction and possibly possibly the end of the uh, Deontay Wilder's uh, chance of any heavyweight contingency uh, elite level. Uh, you know, I might even see him disappear. If his ego was hurt that bad and he loses the way he did in that rematch, I just can imagine how this is going to hurt him even worse and how he may walk away from the sport permanently, not just physically damaged, but probably mentally damaged if, he doesn't, if the outcome doesn't come out the way he sees it in his head. I agree with that as well. I mean, his, his comments are very troubling, especially firing Mark Breland, who I thought was his best trainer in his camp, honestly. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you on that one. Now, now let's move on. Uh, I want to talk about, you know, Canelo Alvarez and, uh, you know, Plant, Caleb Plant. Now, there's some there were some heated moments between the two. You know, they obviously had a lot of choice of words with each other. They obviously... They obviously don't like each other. Um, who do you think was getting in whose head a little bit more? Was it Caleb Plant with the with the steroid comments, the cheating comments, or was it Canelo Alvarez telling Caleb, "You're not on my level"? Yeah, maybe Plant's more in his head, but I don't. I think Plant's pretty scared of Canelo. I don't know. I don't. See a very confident man. Like, I saw Ellie Sack back. Like, you're the most confident guy's ever fought Canelo. I don't see that at all. I don't. I think he. I think he's like a <laughs> lamb going out to slaughter, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel bad. Like, I feel bad. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I think. Tell me if I'm wrong here. I just get the feeling that it's Caleb that's trying to get himself up for this fight. It's. You know, Caleb accusing accusing the, the, the media of never believing in him, telling the media, I'm going to make you eat my words, telling the media, you guys didn't think I could uh, win the, the amateur championships. You guys didn't think I could do this. I, I, I felt like he was more or less trying to convince himself that he could win this big fight coming up in November against Canelo Alvarez. Um, he had more to say about people doubting him than the people that are doubting him, in my opinion. Yeah, you can see there's a little bit of insecurity there, and who wouldn't be when your best one is Jose Uzcatagua, and now you're fighting Canelo Alvarez, so it's pretty understandable. Yeah, I've always said this about Caleb. I like Caleb. Um, I've interviewed him. Um, I know his people. He's a good kid, but I always felt like we just didn't know enough about Caleb. You know, him having a – he's a title holder – uh, hasn't fought anybody, and the people that we did want to see him fight, we never got a chance to see that. Now, now it's it's now it's it's not even the same category of Usyk because some folks are going to say, well, Usyk was in the same you know in the same sentence you know of moving up to heavyweight, but we saw what Usyk could do in the cruiserweight, right? We've seen what Usyk can do. We just didn't know if he could do it in the heavyweight division. That's been answered with Caleb Plant. He's been 168 for the longest time, and the best name you just mentioned right now is on his resume, and Porky Medina. That's it. We don't have much to go off of to say that Caleb Plant has the hand speed. The is he elusive enough? Can he can he can he make uh, Canelo Alvarez miss? And can he humble uh, uh, Canelo Alvarez with power? We don't know any of that because we haven't seen anything from him. 
to say he could do any of those things that I just mentioned. Absolutely not. And I don't rate Caleb Plant as highly as Billy Joe Saunders, which maybe he is better and we just haven't seen it. But me personally, I never have thought of him as a Billy Joe Saunders, so I'm expecting Canelo to finish him faster. I think the body shots are going to be brutal. I mean, he's a big, tall, lanky guy, and I don't think he's going to be ready for any of that. Yeah, I don't think so either. You know, I know that Mauro Serrano, who's his publicist, is trying to shove this down our throat that this guy's going to be the upsetter in this fight. He's going to surprise a lot of folks. I'm hoping he makes it a really good fight here. How could he do it? It's not like he has, like, I don't think he has the power to put Canelo away. I mean, I just don't see a path to victory at all against a killer like Canelo. I don't either. I think the body the body work of Canelo is going to make him go, oh, shit, you know what? I need to get on my toes. Which, Zach, let me ask you, have you ever really seen him on his toes? He's been touched a lot from beef, beef fighters. He's been touched a lot. He's touchable. He's not Billy Joe Saunders. No, he's not. Like, he's not. With, with that fight, you know, I thought there was a path to victory. Well, no, I was definitely backing Canelo, and, you know, I bettered him by knockout. But I thought, in a way, Billy Joe Saunders could move around the ring maybe outpoint him, you know, in a, in a universe. But I don't see that at all with, with Caleb Plant. Well, here, let me read off some uh, two comments here in the chat room here really quick. Zach. Uh, Philly says, Plant reminds me of all Andre Ward. I don't know. Maybe, Philly, you could explain that a little bit more to me because I don't, I don't know what you mean by that. And then Colin Kennedy says, Caleb Plant has way more offensive firepower in this arsenal than Billy Joe Saunders did. Um... I don't know about that one either. Um, I'm not really sure about that one. I would just like to see it against higher level of competition. Like, if he even be like a Chris Eubank Jr., then I could really, you know, understand your point, whatever. But when you never fought a top 10 guy at 168, it's just tough. It's really tough. And that's what I mean. You can make assumptions, but until we see it physically, then, then you could say, oh, yeah, that's a good comparison or blah, blah, blah. But that's what I mean. We don't know enough about Caleb Plant, you know, and we don't know if he we don't know if he's one of those fighters that fights at the level of his competition or if he rise, you know, rises to the occasion. We don't know any of that because of everything we just mentioned right here on leaving the ring, Zach. Absolutely. And I'm predicting a Canelo knockout and I think he finishes emphatically and faster than Saunders. Well, obviously, we're going to get closer to that fight. When we get closer to that fight, we're going to make our breakdown and our pick, and we'll tell you the uh, under and over in that fight. Uh, obviously, we'll... Uh, oh, Zach, that was a very slick 3-2 by Canelo, too. <laughs> well, there you go. Mystic Jackie, if you guys can follow, you guys want to follow him on Instagram, just go to iPickWins. Definitely can. You can always follow me on uh, Leaving the Ring at uh, on the uh, Twitter account, which is, uh, you know, L-I-I-T-R Boxing. Again, thanks for joining me, guys. Uh, we'll see you next Monday here on Leaving Ring. Zach, I'll talk to you soon, brother. Sounds good. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.